here's the final problem that is unsolvable until Ben Affleck rides in on a chariot and saves the day. Right. Let's do the math. Our service mission here was supposed to last 31 souls. For redundancy, they sent 68 souls worth of food. That's for six people. So for just me, that's going to last 300 souls, which I figure I can stretch to 400 if I ration. So I got to figure out a way to grow three years worth of food here on a planet where nothing grows. Luckily, I'm a botanist. Mars will come to fear my botany powers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Style Guide Podcast with your hosts, Dave Morris and Stephen Orr. Although, once again, we are without Stephen Orr because he's still doing something more important than than uh, providing you, dear listener, with content. Uh, So please email Stephen Ray Orr uh, and tell him how angry you are that he wasn't here again. But to make up for it, I have scoured the world for the most uh, most knowledgeable person I know and have found Theodore Sherman. How are you, Theo? Um, a little intimidated by you talking me up that much. You are very knowledgeable in many subjects, although uh, this was something I was thinking, uh, Theo, Okay, is that the topic we chose wasn't really because either of us are knowledgeable in this topic. No, that's true. We kind of pulled something out of thin air, didn't we? I, know, I was just thinking about that today. I was like, I was like, why did we choose to do the idea of uh, castaways with Theodore? I don't know. Was it just like we were talking about it, and I guess that was what came up? I know what started it, though. What was that? It was because uh, I talked to you about my love of the movie Castaway. And yeah. we started talking about the possibility of castaway movies where there's only a single person playing. Yeah, so... That actually, that was probably it. It was just that you've seen Castaway. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have not seen Castaway. Well, I hadn't until we said we were going to do this. That's fair enough. So, Theodore. Castaways is our topic. So, for those who are listening, that uh, is movies where it is primarily focused around one actor alone somewhere. That's it's, mostly it. That's that's it. That's the definition. Like the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, um, which we've turned into a, a genre. A genre. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and like Castaway with Tom Hanks, there are other people in the film, and other actors. Helen Hunt, for instance. Helen Hunt, for instance, or what's his name from Runaway Jury? Uh, I actually don't remember who that is. <laughs> it's okay. Um, some other character who, uh, especially at the beginning of the film, there's lots of characters, and then as the film progresses, once we have our break in act two it is we follow this one person mostly by themselves exactly yeah and uh what what do you think what's your what's your opening thought these are kind of movies that i love they're three jump to mind that i love instantly and that's castaway moon and the martian all of which we took the time to research and watch we did yeah um so so you not only do you love castaway itself but you love this whole the whole genre i love love watching a person play off themselves because you don't like when you have a movie or a live at live play there's generally interaction between two actors yeah and in this case this person has to play off of their own mind and they have to create this character much more fully than you would have to otherwise yeah i, I guess that's that I, I have no grounds to disagree with that or you get to watch them go crazy which is also fun and um yeah and i, I enjoy watching uh, solo performances uh, i do solo improv but it's very different, but um, it's watching, bad. like watching, uh, I'm going to use The Martian because I just watched that uh, for the first time. I hadn't seen it before. And I like Matt Damon as an actor. I enjoy his films. And so watching him in The Martian, I was like, oh, it's a good thing I like Matt Damon because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe people would hate him. But well, it's but Matt it, Damon in space. It's not whatever the hell his name was. It's totally Matt Damon yeah, in space. It's a goodwill Martian. <laughs> uh yeah it's it's matt damon in space and he's funny and he's charismatic and he's charming and i now see why the golden globes called it a comedy and gave it an award for best comedy it's not a comedy it's pretty funny i laughed it out loud funny. multiple times i i agree with you it is a very funny movie but it's not a comedy movie well i mean let's if we if we get right down to it i laughed and it had a happy ending that's pretty comedic. That's pretty. That's pretty good of, of a comedy as far as category goes. <laughs> oh, fair enough, I suppose. It was. It was because it wasn't really dramatic. Like there weren't moments where I was like, "Oh, this is so 
there were moments of is he going to survive oh no his potatoes got blown up spoiler alert but his potatoes got blown up oh no but nothing really there wasn't a lot of drama and tension and emotional stuff between characters you know well yeah because there's one character and he doesn't even have a robot friend yeah that's true like did moon get considered a comedy or was it a drama i think that was a drama it was a drama as well mm -hmm. so like well so it's, it's not very funny though it is not nearly as funny as the martian yes definitely martian was more of a comedy see this is what i'm saying i can see why um <laughs> But I did really enjoy watching it, and I think this was something that was coming to mind when I was watching and researching these movies, is how how much importance do you play, since you love these movies, on the actor playing the character, not just the character? Oh, no, the, the actor has to be good. You can't have a shitty actor playing a solo performance against himself and then come out with a decent movie. It's not going to happen. So the actor has to be someone that we love and know. Uh, you don't have to know and love them. They just have to be a good actor. They have to be, they have to actually, they have to become the character. You can't see the actor coming through, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Okay. Because as much as Matt Damon in space was um, the Martian, you, you you buy into the character that he's become Mark Watney, even though it's kind of very Matt Damon, the way he is in interviews and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. See, I think, uh, I think I place more importance on the actor themselves than you do. But judging by your brief description there whereas okay. i don't think they just have to be a good actor who can become a character you, you think they need to be a known actor they need to be an actor that i personally like <laughs> so for instance here's my here's my checkmate uh the martian i like matt damon i really enjoyed the martian the revenant i mean i think leo's pretty good but in the revenant he wasn't really like leo he was playing this character and i didn't really get into it uh castaway i like tom hanks and so i love castaway it was there, really there was my question was if he liked tom yeah. hanks moon uh who doesn't love what's his name uh what's his name <laughs> i don't remember i always forget his name uh because his name is kind of uh rockwell sam rockwell yeah right it is sam rockwell phew uh i like him he's really quirky and fun so the moon is really enjoyable um sandra bullock <laughs> gravity i don't like sandra bullock <laughs> How do you not like Sandra? Okay, maybe it's because I have a crush on her. That's, gravity, that's not fair. I did not enjoy. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'll be honest. I don't know if it was because Sandra Bullock was in it that I didn't enjoy Gravity. Because it was a very beautiful film. It, it was. was. And it was George gorgeous. Clooney was in it, too. And I love George Clooney. So I, I, my joke was always that the wrong astronaut died. Because um, <laughs> if that was George Clooney lost in space, I would have enjoyed it much more than Sandra Bullock lost. <laughs> or you know what? If they'd cast Julia Roberts, mm, I'd be in. I'd love that movie. I'd love to see Julia Roberts lost in space. Julia Roberts lost in space. I don't love Julia Roberts. <laughs> I know. We don't have to get into it. Steve and I did a whole podcast about Julia Roberts. Did you really? Oh, yeah. I really should listen to your podcast. No, don't bother. Um, but yeah, so that's why I think the actor is really important. Okay. I'm not conceding the point, but I understand where you're coming from. Okay. So you still think that it's more how well they portray the character than You need a good actor. actor. You can't have a shitty actor in there. Um, and yet, you like, like, if you put Sand Stephen Ray or Lost in Space, yeah, you would not watch that film. I would, but I like Stephen Ray. <laughs> I like Stephen Ray or too, but I don't know if he could capture the essence so, as much. Well, then here's my question: uh, Do you think, um, do you think a no-name, unknown actor could play a stranded survivor lost in space? And have it still be as compelling as a big, famous name blockbuster actor. Compelling, yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Do you have any examples? No. Okay, so but that doesn't mean it's not possible. It, but it, the reason I think it's possible is because how many times have you watched a movie where you've got this sort of unknown actor and you're completely compelled by it and you're totally on board because he was great? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I hesitate to say this because, uh, and this is probably just because I didn't know who he was before, but Daniel Craig, when he took on the Bond role, Ooh, nice, yeah. was totally, uh, in my mind, an unknown. And he's fantastic. And you know what? I really enjoy watching him in, you really in like most movies Bond. now. Yeah. And he's a good Bond. He is. Yeah. He was a great Stormtrooper, too. Mm, really good Stormtrooper. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they have to be known. I think, yeah, I think you're right. That if they're a good enough actor... To pull off the character, you could you could definitely fall in love with it. But you are also right in the sense that 
if you have a well-known actor that you know and love, they maybe don't have to work quite as hard to get the audience. Yeah, not at all. I didn't want Matt Damon to act. I wanted him to be Matt Damon. You wanted Matt Damon. Yeah, uh, which is, I think, what what was weird with The Revenant for me is that I was just like, there's too much acting going on in that movie. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what? Leonardo DiCaprio, since he started in Titanic, has become a really good actor. He definitely has. Well, I think... I, I would argue that only in the sense that I think he already was a really good actor. Yeah, he was. And I think it's just like he's grown and he's gotten better and he's taken on better roles. Yeah. Um, for instance, uh, The Aviator was very good. I really enjoyed it. You know, that. I haven't, I didn't see The Aviator. That's a good movie. Yeah. That was his first like Oscar seeking role, right? He kept, he's yeah. just been chasing the Oscar for a while. Yeah. And he, I think he did a really good job of uh, capturing Howard Hughes. Yeah. Um. So, uh, so the actor is important, but yeah. not. It's not important that they're well-known. It's important that they're a good actor. Well, and then you also have to argue that they needs to be written well, too. And then, yeah, then the writing. So so this is where this is where I find these, like, alone, stranded movies really fascinating. Um, because the writing can't be too dialogue-heavy. It has to be visual, right? Yeah. Like, And that's what, when watching all these movies, I was, I was realizing is that, man, it's really just like, it, it's not just about the character but it's the the landscape a lot of visual a lot of art direction yeah and the landscape that the character is in is almost treated with the same weight as a character so it's it's like lots of beautiful shots of the wilderness or like underwater shots on the island or like yeah beautiful scenic shots of of the the coastline or the mars desert or like just long shots of, of uh mars explorer just driving yeah no that's that's very true and i think you're right in the fact that the the environment does become a character because it then becomes the main character, uh, the Tom Hanks character, versus the island and yeah. the weather and everything yeah, about it. Mm-hmm. Because he has to survive, and it is really, it is a literally man against nature. Yeah, man against nature, or man versus self. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, the one thing self. it isn't is usually man versus man. Um, <laughs> yeah, because no, there's very no true. other person. Um, but yeah, like, uh, and I just think that was so cool to see, like, Castaway is not just Tom Hanks, it's Tom Hanks and an island, and, uh, and, and a the Martian, ball. and a beach ball, yeah, and Martian is not just uh, Matt Damon, it's Matt Damon and Mars, and beautiful CGI version of Mars, yeah. uh, and The Revenant is, is uh, actually something about The Revenant that I realized, while I was watching, I was like, huh, and then I looked into it and was like, oh, well, that explains it, is that it's all done with natural light. Well, now, the difference in The Revenant, and I didn't watch it, I read mm-hmm as much as I could about it. Uh, and it's more about the um, the pursuit of revenge. So I feel like there's more characters in it. It's a le- less of a survival story. Yeah. And when it, yeah. So it, it, well, and this is something I, about the Martian too, is like the Martian and the Revenant both were not as castaway as castaway. Well, I, right. Okay. Where, yeah. where like castaway was Tom Hanks on an island. Literally stranded on an island. Whereas The Martian goes back and forth between Matt Damon stranded on Mars. And as actually it gets into like act, like the second half of act two and into act three, it's mostly on Earth and showing the people who are trying to save him. So it keeps kind of cutting back and forth between him and and Earth. And it gets more towards that near the end of the film, which which sort of like uh, loses some of that castaway element. And same with The Revenant, where it's like we're following the people that he's tracking as much as we're following him, especially near the last half of the movie. And uh, and that, you know, so the doesn't quite hold up as castaway as castaway. Well, uh, partly I think that uh, the cutting back and forth uh, between Mark Watney and the people on Earth mm-hmm. uh, goes back to the book. I don't know if you mm-hmm. read it. I, I did. I did not read the book. Uh, I read it afterward. I was bored in a hotel room in Winnipeg and I read a book. We've all been there. Uh, and uh, in Winnipeg? Bored in a hotel room. Yeah. Okay. They said normally we just read the Bible, so I'm glad you had something else. <laughs> I downloaded the book and I read it. Uh, <laughs> and I think partly that the reason you see more of the people at NASA trying to save him is because his contact with them, his communication with them, becomes more frequent, more easy because it goes from like no contact where it's just Matt Damon on Mars mm-hmm. and the occasional shot of them going like what's going on in NASA mm-hmm. versus they get the text conversation going and then they get video conferencing and it's sort of it yeah. sort of mirrors that but at the same time it's also just written that way because they get a little bit more in depth into the um into the rescue plan yeah and that's why like yeah so but the first half of that movie is very 
or Matt the first, Damon. The, the second quarter of that movie <laughs> after he gets stranded until you know past the midpoint where he he manages to get contact uh, that's right it's very just like him stranded and that is that is where so here's the other thing about the writing is where it starts uh, uh in, it's interesting is there's a mechanic there needs to almost be a mechanic where the character can talk to themselves right yeah. so who do they talk to and so in castaway he talked to a beach wilson ball. wilson in the martian he does the video uh log yeah, he does his video log and he talks to himself or the computer as a or the computer so he can have like a, a bit of a monologue with himself uh and in uh the revenant i don't think there really is one but and in moon he has the robot yeah he talks to the robot in oh wait in the revenant it's him having these weird visions of like his wife and stuff well, well and i you didn't watch silent running but i did oh yeah yeah tell me uh, was there one silent running was the 1970s one and uh i have my problems with that movie but mm-hmm. we can talk about that in a second but there is three robots in that movie and one gets broken very quickly and blown away in space and then uh, another one gets broken, and he does talk to them because he renames them Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Funny. Uh, and he talks to these uh, robots. That's funny. Yeah, so he has robots to talk to. And yeah. in I Am Legend, which we haven't even mentioned yet, but the dog. he ties a dog to them that he can talk to so that he can at least say things out loud and not and have it not be too weird. Because like, there was a moment in Castaway where he first says something out loud to himself. And he and feels it, like he's crazy. Yeah, and he just says something out loud, and it's like, oh, this guy's losing his mind. Uh, but then once it's the beach ball he's talking to, we're, we're it's cool. totally fine. Yeah. Well, and you're right, and I I think that's kind of healthy. And I know that there's been psychologists that'll argue about the the way that that goes is that you need to talk out loud as a human. You need to converse with something, and your mind will create that for you. I just like to point out that you could be making all of that up. I have no idea because I'm not a psychologist or psychiatrist. <laughs> And for uh, listeners at home, we are not psychiatrists, so do not take this as advice. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. If you're if you're stranded alone, I'm not saying uh, start imagining people, because I'm not a, but, I'm not a doctor. Yeah, but talking aloud is something that people do. I people guess. do it, and you know what? When I've been alone for a couple of days, if just at home by myself or my partner's gone or what have you, I, I'll talk to the cat. Yeah. See, I used to try and rehearse solo improv by myself, and I had to stop because it drove me crazy. Because I would like be doing a show for nobody, just for me. And then after I'd finished the scene, I would give myself notes. And since I'd already been talking out loud, I'd talk out loud. And it just started getting really weird. Like, so who am I talking to? You're literally I? talking to yourself. Yeah, and like, who am I? What's going on here? What is this? And so I stopped, and now I just close my eyes, and I imagine what would happen, and that's a rehearsal. See, that's not bad. <laughs> but I, I understand the definition of, well, not the definition of uh, crazy, but a mark of be actually going crazy is when you talk to yourself. And that's that's completely normal. Everybody does it. But when you start answering yourself is when you have a problem. Oh. Mm. So if you start playing both sides of the conversation, hey, how are you? Fine, thanks. How are you? Is where you start. Now, I don't know if there's it. any science there, but that no. sounds reasonable to me that it's the not speaking out loud. It is the conversing out loud that mm-hmm. makes you kind of. That makes you a little bit, yeah. Because usually if you talk out loud and you say something, what was I doing again? You think the answer and you go, oh, yeah. And then you do it. And that's where you're thinking out loud. Exactly. And when you have Tom Hanks talking to Wilson, Wilson's not answering back. He's just helping uh, Tom Hanks solve problems in his mind. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's if he started providing Wilson's voice, that's where the... That's where the, the crazy starts to set in. That's where the crazy starts to set in. Huh. Cool. So what about these movies? do you love most so we've we've sort of talked about the story and about the, the scenery and stuff but like why is it that when we sit down we, we actually enjoy watching one person having to survive because i was talking to missy about this uh and she really doesn't like these survival movies i could see that uh part of the reason i really like them is because i really enjoy uh sort of imagining how i would deal with it Mm, like yeah. uh, you're stuck on an island you survive against all odds this plane crash which i have problems with um just, how he survives the plane crash um he shouldn't um i i've had this rant before and i'm not going to go into it but no it go very, into it right very now much that tom hanks's character should have died at least four times before he got to the island mm. and then many times after that yeah so i mean but the survival on the island i can buy i can believe but the survival of a plane crash at that like the way that they depicted it is in my opinion impossible and they did spend uh 
before you jump into why you love these movies, but they did spend a long time on that plane crash. Like there was like, I think it was like seven minutes of film of just like him splashing around in water and yeah, like drowning. It was a long thing. And, and in The Martian too, when the, the storm came and they were being blown away, there was, they spent a really long time. Like, so like the break in act two of, of the film, the, them becoming stranded, it's pretty epic. Like Leonardo DiCaprio gets mauled by a bear. Like it's pretty epic. The the transformation from from this, society this adventure movie to is a sort yeah of from society movie. to loneliness, right? And so like right. they they do make it a big deal. And all the, and same with gravity as well. When things explode and things go crazy, like well, I'm yeah. not saying it shouldn't be. There absolutely should be these. The the transition should be given respect in terms of movie telling. But the fact is that when we're talking about Tom Hanks, you see a plane, it crashes into the ocean. You watch the reinforced canopy at the front of the plane break yeah. and kill the pilot, but doesn't kill Tom Hanks. He somehow gets out of the plane um, after it's been sinking underwater for several t- minutes, and he grabs a hold of a, a raft, right? And then he, he surfaces. Um, Something and like unfor- But you see him take a breath. And his lungs would have exploded by the time he got to the surface. That's part of um, diving physics. Mm, yeah. Is if you take a breath underwater at depth and then you hold it all the way up, um, your lungs can explode. You got to breathe it out. You have to breathe it out. And that's mm-hmm. why they constantly tell you to breathe out all the time. So there's death number two. The fact that um, <laughs> the engine that was still some for some reason on the surface of the water exploded directly next to Tom Hanks and didn't kill him. It just knocked him out. He didn't die of hypothermia that night no. and somehow found the island. So he should have died about four times before he got to the island. That's uh, I'd argue there's probably one more in there that we're just over missing. <laughs> well, the fact that his wife didn't kill him. Yeah. Yeah. Or that he should have. Because uh, Helen Hunt, uh, little known fact, is a sociopath. Oh, oh. All actors are. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, he probably would have died of pooing his pants um, <laughs> at least once. Um, okay. So that's, that, that, that's my but, problem with movie. But you love these movies because you like to imagine what you would do in that situation. Absolutely. Yeah, I think and I would agree with that. So, so partly, like, I think it's, I think a lot of people, I'm guessing you included, because you said you like them, uh, mm-hmm. like to think about if you landed on a desert island, what would you do? What would you do first? Yeah, what would you do first? Would you look for food or look for shelter or gather supplies? Like, there's something you would do. Yeah. Uh, and which one is it? Well, uh, I think it, I would take inventory. Take inventory. So exactly mm-hmm. what Tom Hanks did. He's, yeah. He collected the, the FedEx packages and he opened them, except for one, which was a dumb move. Yeah, he should open it. Cause... I'm sorry. Everything is everything is usable. Yeah, I know. Um, but you, you 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 take your inventory. What do, you, what do I have? What do I don't have? Right? Do I have any food? Okay, I need to find food. Mm-hmm. That's one of your first priorities. And actually, that's exactly what Matt Damon does too in The Martian. Is he yeah. sits down, he writes down a list, and he counts he lists all the it. food, and he, he counts it, and it. he works the math out as yeah. to how much he can eat per day and yeah. how many days of life he has. Yeah. Essentially, good thing he's a botanist. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, literally the best botanist on that planet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you take inventory, and I agree with you. You'd absolutely do that. Yeah. And I think most people would do the same thing for the first one or two days, mm-hmm. which is find water, find food, 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 or, shelter, shelter, food, water. One of the, those three. But which order do you do it in? Food, water, water, food, shelter. Especially if you're on like a tropical island, like yeah. you, know, you don't need shelter too bad. It's nice. Out. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can sit under a tree. Like the shelter is really easy, and depending on your definition, you can get shelter really fast, We're pretty quick. Yeah. Put a branch over your head. Yeah. Branch over your head. Coat over your head. Yeah. You know. A lot, and then but food and water is pretty important. Food and wa- water first. Water more important than food. Yes. Yeah, we're made out of food. We're made out of water. Yeah, but food as well. <laughs> yeah. Nonetheless. Okay, so there's that, and then the the fourth one that we didn't mention is fire. Mm, how do you make fire? You need to keep yourself warm. You need to be able to cook. Mm-hmm. So if you uh, find fish or what have you, you need to be able to prepare food. So those that's pretty much the first couple of days. What do mm-hmm. you do after that? Because I know exactly what I would do. Uh, what do I do after that? Okay, so I'm stranded on an island. I got inventory done. I found myself a water source. And let's say for argument's sake, you have no form of communication. Sure, of course, yeah. So I find like some food and stuff, and I've started, got a little bit of a shelter. I would probably uh, do one of two things. Depending on how much shelter I need, mm-hmm. I might make more shelter for myself and nest a little bit. But I think uh, the next thing I would do is explore and figure out what else is around and go out into my surroundings a little bit more and see if there's anything else that I'm missing or venture out to try and find different sources of food and different things like that. 
Okay, that's very reasonable. Yeah. I would probably be doing about the same thing. But there's one thing that I always say that I would start almost day one, mm-hmm. and that's a rescue plan. Ooh, like, what do you mean rescue plan? Okay, uh, for instance, uh, on a desert island, the first thing that I <clears> would be doing, and it would be a source of entertainment, it would m- give me work to do, and that's build a fucking boat. Build a boat. Mm. Build a boat. And it took Tom Hanks three years to start building his boat. Oh, yeah. And that's my problem. Is like, okay, you're, you've set up an SOS on the beach. You've got your food. You've kind of figured out how to live there. And you start setting up, at like, and yes, I would explore, but I think I would set aside a couple of hours every single day. To build a boat. Into eternity to build a boat. Wow. And that would be design, concept, weaving, rope, all of those kind of things because... I think this is where you and I differ heavily as human beings yeah. in that you could probably build a boat and I could probably tie some logs together and they drown. That's what I would do. I would tie logs together, go in the water, and then drown. Okay, but I'm not saying that your rescue plan has to be the same as mine. Yours doesn't have to be build a boat. Yeah. Yours could be my rescue plan is build myself a decent shelter, right? Build myself a shelter. Basically, essentially build a life and go, mm-hmm. this is where I live now. Yeah. That could be your rescue plan. I think my rescue plan would be to set everything that can be set on fire on fire and burn the whole island down because then maybe people will see this giant fire in the distance. Uh, I think you would have to consider how big the island is first. Well, that's where exploring comes in. That's why I'd yeah. go and explore. So you would spend a few more days exploring. You would explore the entire island before mm-hmm. you would and then set the set, literally light the, the forest on fire. Yeah, that, that would be my rescue plan. Okay. But that is a good point to bring up the rescue plan because that's not, I would be like, well, I'm going to live here, I guess. <laughs> Give up. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, Mark Watney didn't have that choice. He can't live on Mars indefinitely. Well, once he made potatoes, he could. No, not really because he ran out of food after a while. That's right. But if he if his potato plan had worked, he would have been okay. Not really, actually. Oh, because potatoes aren't one of the things that they really casually kind of mentioned in that movie is that he's actually sustaining himself on the vitamins that were sent along with him mm. the only reason for the potatoes is calories for his body to burn. that's true just so that he doesn't he needs literally just calories that's yeah. it and if he doesn't if he runs out of the vitamins then he's dead yeah because he needs actual nutrition because mm. potatoes the potato famine is the it's like you know yeah you the, could the, you could starve to death eating potatoes yeah and they're they're great. I love potatoes, but yeah. at the same time, they're not going to keep you alive. Yeah. So he was only there until NASA sent another ship anyway. Yeah. Sent another ship or sent uh, food. But I got to say, that was such a, that was like, that was a part of the film that I wish they did more of was, was him surviving on Mars. Like the fun and games where he's just like growing potatoes and making water and blowing himself up by accident and all that sort of stuff it was so much fun to watch. And there was a bunch more. You should read the book. No, I might read the book because that sounds like, I think I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the movie. Like, yeah. uh, uh, And I do enjoy watching how people build their life. I got, uh, so I Am Legend is also a book. Yes. And the book is excellent. Uh, the movie starts excellent and then gets kind of weird in the middle and yeah, stuff did. with the rescue and making a saving the day he doesn't make it in the book um which is what makes it so great spoilers <laughs> spoilers yeah spoiler uh, this, this, epi- this whole book I podcast read. is spoilers i have um, not read that book uh, how he doesn't make it is what makes it amazing so uh it actually makes the title of that film make sense so i am legend uh named i am legend and no one can tell you why uh he uh starts out and it's just like what is his life like being the only person in new, uh, abandoned new york city for all uh, intents and purposes the world yeah driving around in a porsche hunting deer and like he has like a apartment that has like these cool metal windows that fall in front of him it's so much fun and the book is very similar it's like we get an insight into what this person has done who's survived this plague right and right. he's got like his garlic nailed on all of his doors and everything and he goes out and he has oh, like did garlic he, work in those books yeah gar- garlic okay. works in the books in the books they're vampires yeah, they're, uh, they are just vampires. They're not these weird zombie yeah. vampire creatures. Well, the great thing with I Am Legend is that it's a vampire movie, a book, right? Mm-hmm. The book is about vampires. But the vampires behave very much like what we would consider zombies. And the reason is because I Am Legend was written before. It's what inspired Night of the Living Dead uh, is the book I Am Legend. I and didn't know it was that old of a book. Yeah, it's cool. super old books, like the 40s or 30s or something. And, uh, uh, it's, uh, and so... They are like zombies, so it's like a zombie apocalypse, except they just happened. The the technica, technica, technically they're vampires. Cool. 
So it has like his daily routine of how he's been surviving and all this sort of stuff. And then he stops drinking at one point and starts like going to the library and like researching things and trying to figure out how to save the plague and stop the things and do all this. And like, it's just so fun to read. It's such a great read, even though, and then every night it's terrifying. Right. Because I mean, they touched on that in the movie that uh, he has a routine. He goes out, he does some hunting and he yeah. goes to the video goes store. The video he talks store. to uh, the, the mannequins, mannequins set up. Yeah. and his dog. And uh, then he goes home eventually, and he'll do some research for the afternoon, and then have dinner, and then it's he sleeps yeah. terrified in his bathtub with his dog. Yeah, because there's noises outside of the mm-hmm. monsters banging on things. Yeah, and he doesn't want them to know where he lives. Which is in the book, they know where he lives right away. It's a pretty reasonable thing to not want them to know where you live. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. And the book is the the zombies slash vampires talk, and so his oh. neighbor is always outside of his house yelling at him. Um. <laughs> all night <laughs> he has a neighbor vampire <laughs> yeah and they still like remember a little bit about their life and everything it's it's fantastic um but it is again it's sort of a castaway type movie but oh, yeah, it is it a totally little more is. zombie apocalypse but there, there's a crossover actually you know i think that's something that i can't think of a readily available example is a zombie movie that's come out in recent history that is a solo survivalist all of them are ensemble and it usually starts with one person going, oh, no, zombies. And then he immediately goes and finds his friend. Yeah. Well, I mean, I Am Legend. The yeah, no, that, the, this, is the, this is the one that kind of breaks that. Yeah, because it would, it would be great to see that kind of movie. I think, actually, that's, they even made an original version of that uh, called, what did they call it? I think it was Charlton Heston. Oh, and it yeah, was you're like, right. He's the last man on Earth called Omega Man. Oh yeah, there was Omega Man, was and it was Omega. based on I Am it Legend. It was based on I Am. A lot of things have been based on I Am Legend that did no justice to the book. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. Basically, every one thing that's ever been based on I Am Legend. Anyway, we're kind of getting into zombie territory. I don't know where we are anymore. Yeah, well, but let's fight our way back to why you love these movies. So that's right. You were saying it's because you like to imagine yeah, what it, you would do, it, and it totally is because I feel like I, I don't feel like I'm smarter than everybody that's ever been in one of these movies because I'm definitely not smart enough to survive on Mars. I am. Well, that's the one place I could survive. Is on Mars? <laughs> yeah, sure. You think you could grow potatoes in nothing in yeah, your own never, your own shit? No one will ever be able to prove that statement wrong. So, yeah, um, but. So you like to uh, to use your brains to figure it out. Yeah, and uh, I think that's part of it because you see the problem presented to you, and yeah, unfortunately, you get the uh, you get the perspective of being able to see after the fact, and you can look at what somebody's done and go, oh, well, that's clearly wrong. Yeah. But at the same time, I'd like to think I'd be a bit smarter than some of them when it comes to being lost. And you're right; it is a thought experiment that everyone mm-hmm. has done at some point. And you all do it, and even uh, even Missy who. Uh, so she doesn't like those movies. I'm sure she's played the game. Yeah, she has. Well, this is the thing that Missy doesn't like about the movies. And I think I kind of agree to an extent with some of these, which is uh, like the reason Gravity was a movie that Missy did not enjoy watching had nothing to do with Sandra Bullock, which is everyone else's reason for not liking it. But um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's because uh, you once it hits the midpoint where things start going wrong, you spend the whole movie like with your shoulders tensed, worried about these people who now have to go through all this horrible stuff. So like the Martian right. is like once his like his potato crops blow up and you're like, oh man, everything was going so good. And then from there, it's just like things keep going wrong and this gets wrong. And then like he gets skinnier and skinnier and he starts going crazy. And you're like feeling so bad for this person. Uh, where at the beginning of the movie, you were so excited for this person because they're doing yeah, they're, they're doing they're, great. They're doing great, and then it has to turn. Making otherwise. water out of nothing. Yeah, yeah, it has to turn. Otherwise, it's not a movie. So, like, um, something has to happen. But, but it's always like you start getting more and more concerned for this person, and that feeling of like anxiousness is what right. what she hates. Do you like that feeling, or do you not? Uh, it's that's not part of it for me. Like, I uh, I understand it because it it obviously does happen. Um, I honestly don't like gravity for a completely different reason. It's not because I get all tense because I'm worried for these characters. It's because I can watch and see where this character is going crazy. Sandra Bullock's character like goes, she starts seeing things and things that aren't true and yeah. I can see through it. I'm like, that's obviously not happening. So, and you know, that's probably because the, uh, the director and everybody wanted you to know that it wasn't real. They want you to catch those clues, yeah. but at the same time, they annoy me 
because I just want to watch if I'm going to watch that movie if I've gone with I want to watch Gravity with Sandra Bullock I just want to be taken along on the venture that she's on yeah and I feel like Martian did that better as I felt more like I was along on the adventure with Mark Watney you saw Mm -hmm. what he saw you didn't really get a lot of extra information that he didn't have Mm mm-hmm so it felt more you can put yourself in his shoes a little bit easier same with castaway yeah, same with castaway yeah um but gravity and silent running actually. yeah because gravity did have a lot of things going wrong in it uh which is one of the reasons i didn't like it it was just like everything that could go wrong went so effing wrong that it was just yeah like, it man, went completely wrong to the point that at the end of the movie and everyone i was watching in the theaters with all felt this exact same feeling i knew i know because at the end of the movie when she crash lands in the ocean and it's like oh great now she's gonna drown and the water starts pouring and we're like oh now she's gonna drown great this is going wrong too and then she gets out and she starts to swim she gets her foot almost tangled on seaweed and almost gets caught in seaweed to drown and everybody in the theater laughed because we were like oh again like she can't this one poor woman can't catch a break (laughs) and it was just a little it it had the the armageddon effect as i call it um like the movie armageddon where everything just keeps going wrong (laughs) the armageddon effect yeah one thing has to go right like could it can't the drill just work they've already gone through so much just to get there yeah, I I agree with you actually. When you talk about Armageddon, when they blew up the uh, the, the engine the engine of the drill, I was like, mm-hmm. that's that's too far. They did I was that like, really the drill the drill head burning out in the first one. They're like, oh shit, yeah. and they have to kind of work through the problem. Totally fine. Totally fine. Totally fine. It, but but then it's like, oh, it was the get... the eleventh hour. Here's the final problem that is unsolvable until Ben Affleck rides in on a chariot and it saves the day. But, how often do you hear that sentence? Um, Too often, actually. Um, yeah. So, uh, ben Affleck kind of always saves the day. Yeah. So that's the, the 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 ones where everything just keeps going wrong. I I don't like so much. Which is something I did appreciate about The Martian is that his potato fields blew up, and then from there it was just him driving solving the problem. Just but then it just turned into him just eating very little food. And almost starving and driving forever and doing so like But he almost instantly solved the problem. It was like, yes, here's a setback and then Yeah. He has a solution. It sucks, but he's got a solution. Yeah, and now I'm gonna go drive to this other ship and launch into space and get caught by my friends. And they Mm -hmm. did kinda have that eleventh hour problem in the Martian with him launching and the tarp came off and he ended up being too far and they had to blow up they had to set an explosion off in the ship to go faster, but not Etc. Etc. And she, all in the book. And then she comes out on the thing, and she's just a little too far away, and so he has to like Iron Man with his suit, uh, and it gets a little <laughs> to the point where you're almost like, oh, really? This many things? But it's so fun watching him Iron Man that I think it makes up for it. See, uh, in the book, uh, it the rescue happens a little bit differently. I can't remember the exact details of it, but I know that the Iron Man thing doesn't happen until the very, very end. But he does do it in the book. He does do it in the book. Uh, it's definitely mentioned, and it's like it happens. But there was much more. It was like he, they needed like two feet kind ah, of thing. And nice. So they did like it wasn't the like I need to Iron Man a football field away. Yeah. To get to you, it was you know like I just need to get. But movies are always about moving, so they have to show the character flying around. Oh space. yeah, they and have you got to do, you gotta do the, Unfortunately, you um, have to do the Iron Man. But it was, uh, yeah, so that, that, that sort of everything going wrong does kind of happen in The Martian, but not as bad as in Gravity, where it's like every single thing keeps going wrong. And you just want one thing to go right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, the book of The Martian also has one other 11th hour problem, which was I thought was quite good, which was as he's driving, it's after everything and everything's all set up, and he's actually pretty in pretty good shape uh, as he starts driving, and he actually gets runs into a storm. Mm-hmm. which uh, blocks out the sunlight so he can't charge uh, the batteries of the oh, rover. Man, so he gets uh, and so he ki- uh, not quite gets lost on Mars, but does a bit mm. cool. because he's navigating by shitty maps and he, all of these other reasons. Yeah. Um, but that was the 11th hour problem that um, NASA, you get the, you get the f- feeling because you get to watch NASA like see the problem coming and they're like, we can't communicate with them. Holy shit. Is he going to make it? Like, we have no idea. We have no way of telling him. We have no way of, to, like, direct him to go around. And he problem solves, and uh, and he fixes it, and he continues on. Cool. Which I think that was a much better way to go. Cool. That's pretty cool. Um, so what? what uh, so we've talked about the importance of the actor. 
right? Which uh, and and the importance of their acting. We've talked about the story, the sort of like the the lack of dialogue and the fact that they need to monologue and they need a mechanism to do that. We've talked about the uh, the the sort of two halves of the story, where there's the first half that's the fun part of imagining what you would do in that situation, watching them create. Yeah, and then the problem, problem, and then the second half, problem which is portion, where everything starts going wrong and then falling apart, and then there is sort of the finale part where they are rescued, reconnected with the world, saved by their crew, or die, or die. What? In the case of when Moon. do they die? Moon. Oh yeah, because <laughs> he dies right. he as does. the clone, yeah. and then uh, there's another clone brother. And I am Legend. He also dies in the in the, book. the movie. In the movie, he dies too. Oh yeah, that's right. Because the wo- the, uh, the woman and the kid go off, and yeah. that's the the legend part of it. I yeah, said. he saves them by giving them his blood. Yeah, weak. which is the key. It's pretty weak. It's pretty weak. You want to know how the book ends? Yeah. Uh, how did the How did it become I Am Legend from uh, the book? All right, spoilers. If you don't want to know how I Am Legend ends, and you want to just read it for yourself, stop listening now. Well, I'm gonna read it anyway. I don't Skip care. ahead like two minutes, and then you'll you'll be fine. So I'll try and keep this to two minutes. Uh, so it ends with him getting captured by a bunch of the vampires because okay. the woman that come that he saves ends up being a vampire. Um, it's awesome. And so they come and they save him and they like kill all of the vampires around his house because they're the dumb vampires and these are a bunch of smart vampires and they capture him and they take him to be publicly executed in front of everybody. Whoa. And he's laying in a prison at the end and he's getting ready to die. And he's thinking to himself that, uh, that, that, uh, that he is the one they fear because while they would sleep at night he would wander around and kill them in their beds and he is the daywalker he is the monster that they tell their kids about and so he is now the last of humans and this is the new world and he is the last one that they will remember he is i am legend. he is the legend yeah i am legend whoa that's actually really cool that That is a far better ending isn't that beautiful and poetic that's so i love it oh i'm sorry will smith you didn't didn't quite the do it, wrong right? the, ending, and it's just like they 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 miss the whole purpose of it being called I Am Legend. The whole the whole fact that it is the fact that he is legendary as a human because he's the last one. In I Am Legend, right. he's a legend to other humans because he saved them from this right. plague. And it's he, like no no no. He saved them. He was the the plague scientist. wins, and it becomes a new world of vampires, which Ooh. is fine. I'm it's I'm so fine cool. with that. It is it it's is the human so race cool. continuing in a different way. It's such a good ending, you know, and like. Like if the Martian ended with him staying there and colonizing Mars, <laughs> that would have been that would have been neat. <laughs> that would have been kind of cool. <laughs> Which is something I thought almost was going to happen when he grown potatoes. I was like, oh, cool! So the potatoes can make like oxygen and start like. Yeah, he st- he basically builds himself a biosphere. Yeah, and he biosphere. can maybe start making an atmosphere on Mars. But I was like, mm, no, that's, I don't think no. that's possible. <laughs> so science no, you, you need far more in than uh, far more plants than you could. No. Yeah. So like far like. Like the dying of I Am Legend is such a beautiful part of that book and makes the whole thing fantastic. But it is this, uh, but the endings of them, they get saved, like uh, and and uh, and Castaway, he gets saved by just like a passing boat. Is yeah, that... it was just a freighter. Like he he launches himself off on the raft. He encounters the whale, which was dumb, but okay. What is? Um, is that the eleventh hour problem in Castaway? No, no, no. The 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 eleventh hour. Uh, problem I think is the storm that he encounters when the mm. sail gets ripped off his raft yeah and then uh, it's basically he's left for dead because he has no method of transporting himself he's just drifting he's already survived that kind of thing though before, and so he shouldn't be too worried. yeah no all right <laughs> his first day uh, and then he drifts into a shipping lane and a freighter picks him up yeah mm-hmm. which is it's all luck on that one yeah there yeah. was no skill involved in his rescue he just well he did have to build a boat that's to me. That's a lot of skill. That was a shitty boat. Uh, I'm not a very good boat builder. It was a pretty great boat. You know what, Dave? Uh, I'll tell you this: is you should just get stranded on an island with me. That's my plan. Okay. Yeah. That's tell also my zombie apocalypse plan. Is uh, um, <laughs> call Theo. Uh, don't don't call me in a zombie apocalypse because I might kill you. Okay. Uh, I am rather like Steve always. I am ruthless, and if you don't have useful mm. skills, which you do, so I might keep mm, you alive. Um, I don't know. My skills are pretty limited. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's ruthlessness. It's uh, me before you. Yeah. So, like, uh, so, so Castaway, he's just kind of rescued. I am legend. He dies and gives, that's the same talk about that one. Right. Gravity, she manages to get, does she, she gets in communication with NASA or does she do that all on her own? 
I think she does it all on her own, and yeah. she reprograms it, and she does the drop ship, and she lands in the ocean. She does it all on her own? Yeah, so she problem solves it, and she wins. The Martian, he gets rescued by the crew that abandoned him. Yes, but he did most of the work himself. He had to do all the like, He had the to do everything else together. Yeah. Uh, they just had to show up. Yeah, um, and they caught him when he shot into space. Uh, so he gets kind of gets rescued, but he does a lot of the work, but he's in communication with NASA. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a group effort. It's a team yeah. effort yeah. in the one, Martian. Yeah. Uh, right. Team effort and Martian, Castaway's total luck, Mooney dies, uh, I'm Legend, he dies. Um, what else? Were we? The Revenant, I don't even know how the movie ends. I didn't quite get to the end. Uh, Silent Running was the other one, and I know you haven't seen it. I have, no, spoil it, go ahead. Okay, uh, so I'll t- give you a quick uh, thing about it, is that uh, basically there's a, a ship with a bunch of greenhouses on it. Uh, that's in space that's because of all of the plants have died on earth mm-hmm. and they're out in space regrowing these plants right. uh, they get ordered to scrap the mission and for some reason scrapping the mission involves launching like letting go of the biospheres off the ship and then blowing them up with nuclear weapons sounds about right <laughs> yeah as opposed to just being like well we're gonna bring it in we'll recycle and use it as a cargo bay no nope. bullshit Throw it to the no, no no blow it up mm-hmm. Uh, and this guy, uh, the, the main character, he doesn't like it. He disobeys orders. But the re- the way he disobeys orders is he murders the rest of his crew. Hmm. This is in the first act. And he's our hero. He's our hero. Wow. He, like, he murders one guy, and then he sort of leaves the other guys for dead. But what he does that is he ejects one of the greenhouses with the other two guys in it and blows it up. With nukes. With nukes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the plan. Yeah, that's the plan. And then he steals the ship. He runs away. And then at the end, he realizes this is the botanist that's taking care of all the plants. Yeah. Um, he realizes that the reason all the plants are dying in his greenhouse is a lack of sunlight, which you'd think a botanist would be able to think of sooner. It wasn't written by a botanist. <laughs> okay. Nonetheless. So he ejects the greenhouse. He instructs his last robot to just take, like, take care of them. And uh, he ejects it. He doesn't blow it up. Uh, and then he blows up the ship when he's about to be rescued by another ship. So he kills himself. He kills himself. And sends his garden into space. He sends his garden into space. And the last shot with some kind of horrible See musical that. montage, oh. thank you, the 70s, uh, is the robot with a beaten up watering can. That is awesome. It's a really great shot, but it's kind of shitty because... But it has like some nice symbolism in there, of, like the Garden of Eden and stuff, like this this, yep. this place of innocence. Now it's being sent out into space, and hopefully people will live on it. There's eventually. one. There's one technical problem I have with it. Yeah. Is because what he does is he programs the lights in the dome to like more sunlight, more sunlight to save all the plants, and then he lets it go from the ship that has all the power generators. Yeah. So there's of course there's yeah you can poke holes in it. 1970s science fiction. <laughs> really bad. Nonetheless, he, he lets his garden go, and he essentially wins for that, but he dies because he's... Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. All of this takes place over a couple of days. He's not really lost for very long. Yeah. And it's also of his own making. Yeah, he deserves it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the endings are varied. Yeah. There's many ways out of these kind of endings. Uh, and I think my favorite uh, is The Martian and the teamwork kind of save. Uh, the teamwork is a good way to go. And I like that... The, the way it's sort of framed with his crew abandoning him because they think he's dead, realizing he's still alive, and then going all the way back and saving him. So they right. kind of redeem themselves. And the first time they left him for dead, the second time they they brought him back from the dead, basically. They, they saved his life. So it's like this. Right. I like that kind of the, the before and after of it and the framing of it and the, the, the reversal. Um, whereas in Castaway, I do it's, it's just kind of like he just gets lucky. And it's gets dumb luck, saved. and it's just dumb luck. And in uh, and in Moon, he, I mean, all the other ones they die. So I think yeah, everybody else dies. Although the I Am Legend book, I do really like yeah, the book. Uh, what you just told me makes me want to read the book because that actually sounds really cool. The mm-hmm. way that they've done it. Yeah, check it out, man. I think I have that book on my bookshelf. It'll make you cry. It'll make me cry. Yeah, man, you'll cry at the end. You know I don't cry. Well, now that it's been spoiled, maybe you won't cry. But, man, it got me. I was like, I am legend. I was like, oh, it all makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Just streaming. Tears. Yeah, not not to mention that I read it all in one night because I couldn't go to sleep. Because after I started reading it, I was like, I have to read it all. <laughs> oh, I love books like that. Yeah, because I was terrified. <laughs> yeah. It's been, a, been a long time since I've had a book like that, actually. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um. What's your favorite one? What's your favorite ending? What's your favorite kind of ending? Favorite kind of ending? Uh, it's definitely not the dumb luck. I think it's the one where they um, 
as much as I didn't like the movie, it's the gravity ending where they they have overcome all of the obstacles and they uh, rescue themselves. themselves essentially. Mm, yeah, and that rescue could come in any form. Like they overcome their obstacles and they establish communication with NASA, who then rescues them. That's still them overcoming all their obstacles. It kind of just depends where the movie ends. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think yeah, this is because uh, uh, The Martian had a lot of that in it of him yeah. doing the math on his own, which was really great. But then it also had this lovely teamwork kind of yeah, ending. And the I teamwork really is like. a really good one as well. And I think it's it's the combination of those that make The Martian so good. Mm-hmm. And Gravity just has the kind of ending I like. <laughs> but not didn't not the rest of the movie didn't hold. No. The, the rest really of the pretty kind of, movie, though, man. It is. It it's beautiful. Pretty. Yeah. Um, that's cool. So, okay, so... We're going to wrap up pretty soon here, but a uh, thought experiment for you. Okay. Okay. We've done in movies and cinema and probably novels and novels have probably done even more of this. We've done the lost in space. So st- survivor stranded in space. Right. Survivor stranded on an alien planet. Right. Survivor stranded in, uh, in, um, like a alien or not alien but a zombie apocalypse type thing so there's just one person yeah, there's left. a there's i'm sure a few on a books. castaway on a deserted island somewhere yeah robinson crusoe yeah robinson which is crusoe. actually two people so castaway uh, we'll consider it but you know the castaway on an island mm-hmm. uh, and we'll movie castaway uh am i missing one space planet island well surrounded by but zombies. planet and island are basically the same thing yeah but like places where you can be completely isolated from the rest of right. people of humanity uh, so either humanity's been killed, you're on a place where there's no humanity, you're on an, uh, a planet where there's right. no humanity, you're in space. Where else could we go? Well, we've kind of covered it because you've covered it. It's on a journey mm-hmm. of by yourself. Yeah. It is uh, stranded and restricted physically where you are and uh, isolated uh, by the lack of human kind contact. Yeah. The, you're the only else. survivor. Uh, I think that kind of covers everything, but but where uh, what other what other milieu should I say can we put these in? So deserted island, deserted planet, spaceship. Um, well, like, one like, could argue that a different culture. If you took somebody who is mm, a, yeah, a complete Anglophile and you drop them in the middle of a country culture that they do not understand, they don't know anything about it. Yeah, that could be. One way to go. That would be an interesting Has social there, experiment, I think. There's probably, there must have been one. Has there, there been be a time travel one? Where oh. someone gets tra- trapped in time? Like, I mean, Quantum Leap, the series, is kind of about that. But there's so many other people around. Well, but, but like, he's being sent places, too. Because I could imagine if someone builds a time machine and accidentally sends themselves back to prehistoric times, and now the whole movie is them in the dinosaur times actually alone having to survive. Is that been The done? time machine. The time machine, yeah. The time machine is essentially that. It is, and he goes back and forth through time a little bit. Well, not so much. He goes forward in time, and he continues going forward in time. Yeah. Um, And then he stays there. I don't know how that's... Have you not read The Time Machine? No. Okay, essentially, uh, it's similar to the movie, which was awful. Mm -hmm. Um, But he goes forward in time. He sees the moon explode, and it causes this cataclysm on, uh, on Earth. Yeah. And then he goes forward in time because he actually gets knocked out and he goes forward millennia, Holy just thousands yeah. and thousands and thousands of years. And the human race diverges into two cultures, one that lives underground, uh, the Morlocks, yeah. and the, uh, I can't remember, the Eloi, mm-hmm. who live uh, on the surface of the planet. They're peaceful and the Morlocks are evil and what have you. So Classic. essentially, he falls in love with an Eloi and he helps them win over the Morlocks. But it's sort of, he's stranded in time, but he does have allies. He's not alone. Yeah, he's in a weird place where mm-hmm. it's hard for him to communicate, but he can. Yeah. yeah. Same could... with, like, Planet of the Apes. Like, Yeah, yeah. That's actually a really good example we didn't know, talk about. But it's, it's, again, it's a time travel type thing. But he yeah. is, like, surrounded by apes. But there are people that he talks to, and he has allies yeah. and friends. So it's not quite the same type of movie. But I could imagine them doing it with time travel, where it's you're trapped in a time where there are no other people, and you just have to survive until you can rebuild your time machine, I guess. Yeah, refuel it with plutonium i guess yeah like like uh, like back to the future but you go so far back that there's no people around there's no one around he has to somehow figure out how to repower the delorean with nothing yeah you could probably succeed you could probably achieve that with only going like a couple thousand years back in time really like you end up in like a desert somewhere where yeah or just before anybody colonized a particular area where yeah you are. well north america which is very 
very well, likely. I mean, there were the First Nations people here, but they were pretty well spread out, I think, and I don't think they occupied like all. They were often nomadic, them. though, so I think they he would find around, that yeah. he, would, he would have encountered, if it was Marty, he would have encountered them. Well, then I'm going to stick with my uh, prehistoric time. I think that would be pretty dope. Yeah, prehistoric <laughs> would be interesting. There is one example kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched the terrible television show Terra Nova. Oh, I don't think I actually watched it, but it, distant I, future world is dying, oh, pollution, all that kind of stuff. And what the human race does is they build a giant time machine and they start sending people through it. Nice. And they send them back to dinosaur times to recolonize our own planet. It turns out it is a different dimension. It is a the, an extension of the multiverse theory. Cool. Where they go back to a different, then it diverges off yeah. into a different timeline. So they start building society again millions of years in the past hmm. which is one That's way of pretty doing. cool it was an but interesting there concept there was a bunch of people going back and the problem of it was more against uh like society versus the dinosaurs yeah and them figuring out how all these dinosaurs acted because obviously no one really knows yeah, they had feathers they had feathers uh and some of them did in that show it was really really awful it only lasted a couple episodes yeah hmm well, like, yeah, I'm trying to think because that's, that's kind of a neat... That's about the closest I can think of. Yeah, I mean, the other one is uh, the television series that might actually be a Netflix original, now that I think about it. The Hunt, the 100? The 100? The 100, yes. In Where the future. It's in the future, and he, the the world got into nuclear war, and everybody died. Yes. Except the astronauts who happened to be in space at the time. Yeah, there was several uh, like, space, uh, space stations. stations. And they all connected into one big space station, and they managed to survive as like humans and so people have been born in space and live there their whole life they didn't ever right. born on earth it's been like a hundred years or something like that and they send a hundred juvenile delinquents down to earth yes and now they're alone on earth except there are like other people survivors survive they're human the survivors radioactive adapted to their radiation in stuff. environment um and they can go outside because they were raised by the sun let's not get into the details but it's similar it, it is another situation of like being cast away but there's like a hundred of them, so it's not really <laughs> yeah. a castaway kind of show. Yeah, it, you know, th- there is is not. I cannot think of any example of a single person being cast away in time. No, it'd be kind of fun. There probably is in mm-hmm. literature that we just haven't read. That's um, true. The other one I think would be an interesting possibility would be like, you could do like some kind of underwater thing. You know, like... The abyss? Yeah, like if you picture the abyss, but... Uh, one guy underwater. One guy went underwater, and then there was some cataclysmic event that happened on Earth that separated him from the rest of humanity. And he had to remain in his habitat underwater. And now he's just living underwater in this oil rig that's been there. And there's like, and he's uh, repurposed a bunch of it to recycle atmosphere. All yeah, that kind and of he's fun figured stuff. out yeah. a way to survive, and he's just living underwater. And he has like a goldfish or something that he talks to, you know, like, like yeah, that kind of thing. That would be an entertaining story. That one could kind of work because there is like. It would have to be more the, uh, the, um, the uh, like, I Am Legend style where something happened that wiped out all of humanity. Or something yeah. happened that... Because when you're underwater, people can just come get you. Yeah, I think it would have to be a plague. Yeah, some a kind plague of plague. A plague wipes out and it's still contaminated on the surface, so he stays under underwater. Yeah, underwater where he was. For an extended period to make sure that the plague dies out. Yeah, or he just can't get back because no one's on the boat. Yeah, there's no one on the surface to bring him up. Yeah, and all he needs is someone to hit the switch and he can come back. <laughs> yeah, so he needs to figure out how to hit the switch from down below. Something like that, yeah. yeah. And it's just him by himself with a fish. Or her by herself with a fish. Yeah, that would be an entertaining story. That could work. That could work. Hey, I, hey Hollywood, I got a movie for you. Guy Lost in Time. Guy Lost in Time is pretty good too, but I, I'm starting to like this uh, dude underwater. <laughs> See, I like it. I just like time travel stories. They draw, my, draw me in. Yeah, and then hey, little does he know when he went back in time, he accidentally killed the microbe that would become humanity. <laughs> no? No good? Uh, it's, it works. Actually, you know what? I know why that sounds familiar. I think there's a Star Trek episode that did it. Where someone went back and was stuck in time? Yeah, they were stuck by themselves. Mm, data? Uh, there was a bunch of people, though. Yeah, uh, a lot like of people he was stuck around. in San Francisco back in time. Hanging out with Mark Twain. Hanging out with Mark Twain. And Actually, in Star Trek, there's a bunch of castaway stories. Mm-hmm. Where people get stuck on a planet and they got to survive until the crew rescues them, or they can figure out how to contact people. Well, there's the one where O'Brien ends up going uh, in Deep Space Nine. O'Brien goes to prison and he like has this prisoner roommate that he's spent like a hundred, like like yes, sixty that's something right. years. That's a really with, good DS Nine episode. Actually. Turns out they just implanted the memory of it all in his head. <laughs> like, oh man, great concept. And he killed his prison, the cell partner, yeah, his like, buddy. Oh, oh, his poor Sally. So it was all in his head. Like, how intense is that? 
I actually really like that he, when he came back, he had PTSD. Yeah. Like, properly, like, holy crap. Yeah. I killed my best friend. Talk about punishment. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think we're uh, we're pretty there, pretty good to wrap up. So, let's. Uh, any closing thoughts uh, about uh, Castaway Story? Castaway Stories are awesome, and it's mostly about the mental exercise for me. Yeah, definitely. I think I'm going to agree with you. The mental exercise is so much fun. The fantasy of it. Like, mm-hmm. what would I do without actually having to do it? And die? Yeah, you don't have to go out onto a desert island and live it. Yeah, uh, and, and I think um, I think the reason why like The Martian and The Revenant were such hugely well received films this year is because the focus on just like one person acting and the craft of acting on just like an individual as opposed to like a huge all star cast is kind of nice. With this, this world of blockbuster films, it's like you know what we don't need to have an Avengers team up. Look, it's just going to be Matt Damon excited that he grew potatoes. Yeah, and people will go on super mundane cool. activities, but because they're in space, it's cool. Yeah, and it's kind of nice and refreshing to see something that's just so simple. Yeah, I think you're right. Cool. Well, thanks a lot, Theo, for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you, Dave. You're so much better than Steve-O. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, Steve-O uh, is really, really interesting. Although you know what would have made this a really good podcast is if um, I invited you to do this podcast with me, and then I just didn't show up, and you had to do the whole thing by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that would have been a Castaway podcast. I, nope. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do what? Isn't that the question? <gasps> I totally cut my own arm off to get out of the cliff. <laughs> cut his leg off? What did he cut off? And I think it was his leg. I, I didn't watch that movie. Neither did I. That's why we didn't talk about it. <laughs> yeah.